Hi, I'm Lizzie, and welcome to the PRSB podcast. As more and more data becomes available about genetics, clinicians will be better informed to make decisions about people's care. That's why the PRSB is working on new guidance to alert clinicians to information about a person's genetics before they prescribe medications. But how do patients feel about the way genetic information is handled? And what changes would they like to see in order to feel more empowered about their health and care? Today I'm here with Annie Makoff, who's lived with a rare genetic condition since birth. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your condition and when it was diagnosed? So my genetic condition is called GOATS and I was born with three fingers missing on my right hand and I had three toes missing on my right foot and I had no sight in my right eye and I had um, some element of facial asymmetry. It wasn't diagnosed officially until 2012 um, because there'd been developments in technology and advancements and they're able to identify a mutation on the gene responsible for causing GOATs. Do you think it would have made a difference to your life if this information about your condition had been communicated earlier and been available earlier? It would have made a massive difference. Uh, Throughout my childhood and early adulthood, I just had this question mark hanging over my head, really. Um, People were asking me, what's wrong, what happened, what caused it, was it an accident? And I just had the same response, no one knows, I don't know. Um, and it was something I just adjusted to, but I, I always found that, um, I found that really difficult growing up, not knowing. There was a lot of speculation. Um, I know my mother blamed herself. Um, one of the questions that my mum was asked when I was born was, what did you do? What did you, had you taken anything? What had you eaten? So there was a lot of, she felt a lot of blame. And for myself, that was one of the reasons why I developed a lot of uh, psychiatric and emotional issues. Um, Not the whole reason, but yeah, massive impact. And do you think having that information now, has that made you feel more empowered? Yeah, I think so. Um, It was when I had genetic counselling, we went, me and my partner, um, went to see a genetic counsellor not holding out much hope and not really having the idea, um, having any idea about whether we'd get any answers. And for them to say, um, actually, you were, it's on your notes that they did think you had GOAT syndrome. Um, I felt two things, I think, really empowered that I actually all this time had an answer and felt that I could actually identify with a um, a condition. Um, but also really angry that this had been on my notes all this time, um, at that point, 28 years, and, and not knowing Do you think knowing about the condition earlier could have also made a difference to your physical health? I think so, yes. It's um, impossible to know for sure, but several years ago I was in and out of hospital with a lot of cyst growths that no one really knew what they were. Um, And each time I had scans and tests, they gave a different diagnosis. But actually one of the characterisations of GOATs in some people is that it can affect internal organs and it can create cyst growth. So... If the information had been available back in 2001, and 2002, 2003, they would have taken that into a consideration um, and it would have been that I would have had less operations, less surgery, less intrusive treatments. As genetic research advances, um, there's more and more research being done into how various conditions and just your genome um, generally can impact the medications that you take. If more information was available about your condition, um, how would you like this to be communicated to you and your doctor? 
I think I would be really happy to receive that information, um, especially because my uh, condition is so rare. So I would have been happy with receiving alerts for any information. And, and again, really happy for my um, for my doctor and clinicians to be aware of this. And there was, I know, a concern around alert fatigue, where there's just too many pieces of information flying around. And I think there would be a concern that it would be used in the right way and that clinicians would use their common sense. So, for example, if I went to a GP with a UTI, I wouldn't. it wouldn't be relevant for them to know about my condition and try and link that together because that's entirely separate. So I think there needs to be an element of common sense there. You now have a family um, and you mentioned before that you'd had some genetic counselling um, in the lead-up to having children. Um, how did you find this process? I found the process really empowering. Um, as I'd mentioned before, that when we both decided to start a family, we needed to go and have genetic counselling. And, and of course, I didn't have an answer or diagnosis then. So we went along thinking it was going to be a waste of time, that they wouldn't have any answers. Um, so it was a massive surprise when they said, um, well, actually, there was there has been advancement since you were last here 25 years ago, and we've identified a mutation on a gene that's significant and they said would you like to be tested I was tested positive for this particular gene and my mother as well although my mother's asymptomatic but it meant they then had a clear idea about the risk factors with future children so we aware very early on it was going to be a four um, chance risk really the outcomes might be having a boy or a girl who are fine or a girl with goats and boys, because the mutations on the X chromosome don't survive in the womb if they have goats. So it was really important as part of this process that I was um, tested um, very early in pregnancy to find out if it, was, if it was male or female. And so I had a blood test to ascertain the sex of the embryo. I think it was five, five weeks pregnant. So that was when they told me that it was a girl. And how do you feel that people should be approached and spoken to about these issues? I think in some ways um, it is a delicate issue. And in my experience, I've had no problems with clinicians and medical medical professional professionals, really. Um, but I have had experience outside of that when we get into the subject of genetic counselling and there's been... And there's been questioning along the lines of, well, is it right that you had children in the first place, knowing the risk? You, you kind of get into the eugenics territory then, which I'm not comfortable with. Um, and I know a lot of people wouldn't be. Um, but on the whole, I think, in my experience, people have been really sensitive um, and have been, have been brilliant. And did you find that during your pregnancy, the right information was communicated where it needed to be? I think so, yeah, on the whole. Um, of course, everyone with have maternity notes and all the information's there. Um, and that had everything, everything from my GOATS uh, diagnosis. Do you have any concerns about how genetic information should and could be shared in the future? I think my concern would stem around how the information shared and to whom, um, whether it be shared to commercial outfits. Um, and I think that's a concern of a lot of a lot of people with illness or, or disability in terms of how that information is going to be used um, and to what purpose. 
But I think as long as there's strict and tight regulation and rules and governance around how this how this information is shared and it's shared in the right way in line with the Hippocratic Oath and ethically, um, then I think it's something that should be shared for the, ben- the benefit of the patients and their treatment and for giving good clinical care. For me, the fact that my condition was actually um, written on my notes way before they'd officially found a cause and hadn't been reported to me was was a bit of a, a blow, really, because I could have been told a lot earlier that this was the thought, this was the speculation, and it was never going to be de- definite before the 2007 discovery. Um, but if they had said, we think you might have gulps, that would have been something tangible for me to go on. So I think it should be shared with patients a lot a lot more widely. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Annie, um, and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you.